You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about book reviews and interviewing reviewer Alex Brown. But first... What are you reading, Bria? Oh, um, so I just went on a trip and I read, I think, 1,400 books on the plane because I had very long plane rides. And you didn't really sleep. And I didn't really do much sleeping. Um, And so I want to talk about one of the books I've already read that I read. It was actually the first book I read on the plane and I got through it very quickly because it was so good. It was called Dread Nation by Justina Ireland. Um, by the way, our the person we, uh, Alex Brown, who we're about to interview, talks about her, about the same book in a moment, but I just felt like we're going to double plug this book on the That's show. how you know it's good. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it is a YA book and it's set during the, so it's like, it's basically um, a, re, a, a history it's not a history book. That would be weird. Um, it's about, so it's set during um, a post-Civil War, but the Civil War basically was stopped because there was a zombie uprising during that time. And so they had to stop the Civil War. Just call, st- call it off. Everyone, hold on for a sec. And all of the slaves were forced to become uh, people who fought zombies. So they were free, quote unquote, but they were they were now like enrolled in this program where they fought the zombies like on the front line. Huh. And so this is the story of one of the women who is sort of in this program where she's learning to fight zombies and she's very good at fighting zombies. Anyway, it's really great. It's, if you are interested in any zombies, sci-fi, uh, YA, history, like it's it's just like it's a very fun read. And um, it's basically combines a bunch of things that I really enjoy. And the main character is like such a badass. She's very cool. She stands up for herself constantly in these like horrible situations because it's still like antebellum South. It's still like, you know, post-Civil War. But, the, you know, all the people are still like racist and think that these people should be slaves, even though they're like saving their asses all the time. It's pretty incredible so it's like both like a like um sort of slavery story mixed with zombies it's it's really it's it's totally up my alley i really enjoyed it that sounds amazing what are you reading mallory uh i am reading committed by elizabeth gilbert and it is a non-fiction story it's a non-fiction book it's like kind of memoiry but also kind of history uh, basically what happened is she, elizabeth gilbert went through this terrible divorce and then like a year or two later with the person from eat pray love no Okay. Oh, wait. Yes, but I didn't want to spoil Eat, Pray, Love for anybody, but I guess I just did. (laughs) Guess what? She finds eating, praying, and loving (laughs) all in the same book. But at the end of Eat, Pray, Love, she meets this guy, and they fall in love, but their whole thing is they're like, all right, we both have been through horrible divorces. We never want to get married again. Mm. But he is an Australian citizen living in Bali, and she... He's Sean. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, spoiler, it's our sound engineer. (laughs) (laughs) who <laughs> fell in love with Elizabeth Gilbert. But because, at, like, after they've been together for a while, they go to travel to her home in New York, and uh, immigration is like, uh, sorry, you can't come in the country anymore. You've been here too much. And to him. To him. Uh, and so they're the, the only solution for them to still be together is to get married. And they're both like, fuck, I really don't want to do that. But they also, they don't want to be apart. So she's like, all right, let's do this. But if I'm going to do this, I want to know everything about marriage that I can. So she go- she travels all over the world and talks to married cultures and all different, uh, married couples and all different cultures and looking at what marriage looks like all over the world into different people and historically and what it means in the, like, in the West versus what it means in the East. And it's really, it's really fantastic so far. She's such a great writer. And if you are... 
like interested in getting married or really not interested in getting married, it's a really great book to read to like give you a um, bunch of different perspectives on it. And I absolutely fucking love it so oh, far. Oh wow, that's great. I I enjoyed her podcast. Oh. Who is she's on our maximum? She's on, she's, she's so on, on maximum max fun. fun, but it's a good podcast. She interviews like really fascinating people, and it's it's called like magic, big, big magic or something. Yeah, magic lessons is not a good name. For Actually, I mean, it is a good name. I mean, for it podcast. is a good name, especially if she's teaching you how to like make bunnies appear. Yeah, that would be amazing. Sean, what are you reading? Come on over here. He looks so sad. <laughs> um, I'm reading Sleepless Nights by Elizabeth Hardwick. Um. It, I'm still reading it because I can't keep up with you guys. No, that's reading. you're allowed to keep. You're allowed to be always reading it. Currently sc- scrambling to read another book. <laughs> um, but have we like inspired you to read more? Because you feel like you feel like the, the pressure fear? of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I think inspire is really the word. Do do so basically people want to read more they should have to like be on the podcast like and then it's the pressure. I mean, of I having think that's what you've been doing. Yeah, this is, <laughs> is, you've just enlisting people. Um. <laughs> Anyway, the book so far, I mean, it, it's a, it's kind of a, her looking back on her life, but not in a um, nostalgic really kind of way, more, um, it's sort of like vignettes of like things that have happened and they, at the moment, they're not related seemingly, but maybe they will be Great. further into the book. Okay. Is she like, she's a famous, she's just an author or has she done, what uh, is her, what is her career? Author. Um, author. Great. Yes. <laughs> Book writer. Great. Perfect. Sounds amazing. Again, that's, uh, what are you reading? I'm reading Committed by Elizabeth Gilbert. And I'm reading Dread Nation by Justina Ireland. And Sean's reading Sleepless Nights by Elizabeth Hardwick. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Marcella wrote in, I've just finished listening to your episode with Patrick Rothfuss about how book lovers can make a difference in their world. I'd like to give a shout out to the Harry Potter Alliance, a nonprofit organization that harnesses the energy of fandom towards good things in the world. Most of the campaigns are geared towards Harry Potter, but there's also amazing work being done through Marvel, Avatar The Last Airbender, and other fandoms. Wow. The HPA works through local chapters work wa- worldwide and is currently in, mi- in the mid of their annual book drive, Accio Books. Jessica wrote in about our classics episode. I wholeheartedly recommend rereading classic novels if your only exposure to that novel was in high school, especially if you were an approval-seeking, grade-obsessed nerd like me. (coughs) (laughs) 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 I read for grades, not I read for grades, not for enjoyment, and I had the personality of Hermione with less empathy and a much smaller worldview. I love how well Jessica knows herself. Um, high school taught me the uh, taught me the required themes and takeaways from each novel, but I can say I can't say that I enjoyed them. Recently, I reread To Kill a Mockingbird and was surprised at how much nuance and complexity I missed as a high school kid. I have a love and appreciation for that book that I never would have developed in high school. That's cool. And Rhonda wrote in with her wheelhouse. Uh, this is one of my favorite ones that has, has been sent in. It's Which, like, by the way, you always have a it's it's carte blanche to always send in your wheelhouses for what you like to read. So we love to hear them. So feel free to send us what is your wheelhouse for reading. So Rhonda loves arranged, regretful, or difficult marriages. Biblical historical fiction, as opposed to Christian fiction, which I'm very fascinated by. Thank you, Rada, because I'm going to go look this up. Uh, Female lead, age 25 to 60, discreet, taboo, or forbidden romance, race relations and racial identity, any type of addiction, anything having to do with the Great Migration or the Harlem Renaissance, infertility, and adoption themes. Wow. I feel like any combination of all this stuff is going to make such an awesome, intense book. Yeah, yeah, it is a lot of, like, it's it's dark. Rhonda is going to read some dark stuff. 
but I'm into it. Yeah, me too. So you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And for our bookmarks this week, we have a quick shout out to for our friend Chelsea Peters. If you're in the uh, LA area, Chelsea has organized something that's really amazing. It's a uh, stage reading of Rosemary's Baby uh, for charity. It's for women's reproductive rights. It's up in Burbank. It is Saturday, June 23rd at 7.30 p.m. I'll put a link to the event in the show notes. And it's $10 per person and you can contribute more because it's for charity. 100% of the proceeds are going to charity. And uh, the, all the proceeds will be split equally be- between Planned Parenthood and the L.A. Downtown Women's Center. So if you're in the L.A. area and you want to do some good and see a really amazing stage reading of Rosemary's Baby, which is one of my favorite horror books and one of my favorite horror movies come check it out i have a bookmark i have a bookmark to add is that okay yes <laughs> mallory looked at me like no you can't add anything um, you're cut off bria um i we had this thing we were doing for a while which i really liked where people would send in quotes that from books they liked and I, we put them at the very end as like our like uh at the end of the show like a play us out yeah play us out kind of music kind of thing and uh we would like more of those they're really cool we really liked them people sent us quotes for us to read and we never read them but if you read them and just record them on your phone we'll put them on the show yeah and just say like who it is and stuff when you send them to us but like yeah your favorite quotes we'll use in a play so before we talk about book reviews we're going to take a quick break Support for Reading Glasses comes in part from Care Of, a monthly subscription vitamin service tailored to your exact needs. Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be hard to get all the nutrients your body needs. Care Of's fun online quiz makes it really easy to figure out what vitamins and supplements you specifically need. Your subscription box includes a 30-day supply of individually wrapped packets with your vitamins and supplements for easy grab and go. I wonder what vitamins you need for reading. You need... Beta carotene? For your eyes. Something for your eyes. Vitamin A. I will say I did very much enjoy taking the quiz. There is, I I love a good online quiz. (laughs) And this is one that they, you know, it doesn't like, it's not, it's not about which Harry Potter house you went into. It's like, but about what you need um, as far as what your body, like the things you're looking for, the things that you feel like you need, like your age. It's like, it's very tailored. It's awesome. And then you can also go through and add additional vitamins if there's ones you just generally like to take. Like I take magnesium before bed. So I went and added that on to like the vitamins I was already going to get. Cool. So for 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter promo code GLASSES. Hey, this is John Roderick of America. I know that guy. He also made the theme song for My Brother, My Brother and Me. And you've teamed up with uh, your friend Adam and a uh, guy you also know, Ben Harrison. Hey, That's me. you're my friend. Uh, and we make a uh, war movie podcast called Friendly Fire. Now, you may be turned off by the premise right then and there. But you would be wrong. <laughs> well, it's because it's about so much more than war or war films. War movies are also a great window into filmmaking and the way our culture thinks of itself and other cultures think of themselves. So listen to Friendly Fire on MaximumFun.org every Friday or get it wherever you get podcasts. This week, it's all about book reviews. Book reviews can give you a deeper understanding of a book you've already read and are a great way to find new books and authors. But guys, there's so many reviewers, so many publications. It's the eternal problem of the internet. Too many opinions. Where do you start? And first off, what is a book review? 
A book review is basically someone's thoughts on a book. It could be good, bad, neutral. It can be simple as this book is good or as complicated as like a 10-page piece with a detailed plot summary, thoughts on the themes of the book, and speculations on the childhood traumas of the author. Yeah, and we're talking about book reviews like by, by like professional publications, which would include like blogs, would include like anything like dedicated to book reviews, not just like like, you know, what I'm writing on Goodreads about something. Yes. That's what we're talking about this episode. So a little history about book reviews. The first time the word book review, um, those words were written, was in 1861 in relation to the book How to Talk, A Pocket of Speaking, Conversation, and Debating. <laughs> Spoiler, guess what? They liked it. They were into it. They liked that book. How to Talk. <laughs> I, we may both need that book. Yeah. If you listen to this podcast, you know that both us, of us have trouble talking. Send us a copy. <laughs> Um, But earlier than that, people were reviewing books and authors were challenging those reviews when they thought they were too negative, that's Edgar Allan Poe, or too positive. Nathaniel Hawthorne said that positive reviews were not, were like set too high of expectations. Really? Yeah. He was kind of a gloomy guy, though. He was like, please, please tell people not to expect too much from me. (laughs) Lower your expectations for old, old Nat Hawthorne. Old N. Hoth. That's what I would call him if he That's was his rap name. His rap name. Um, so yeah, what we're talking about. If you're looking for book reviews to check out and you want something like simple, you you know you can go on social media, go on Goodreads and Litzy, and they both have lots of quick reviews of books. You know, just search for the title. But if you want something more meaty, that's what we're talking about in this episode. And the options are sort of endless. And there's a lot of specific book review places like uh, Kirkus Reviews is a big one, the London Review of Books, Fiction Writers Review, NPR Book Review. Many publications, both print and on, like dedicated online only, have review sections, uh, you know, notably the New York Times Book Review, Washington Post, USA Today, LA Times, Huffington Post, Entertainment Weekly, on and on and on. Most If you, if you have a particular pub- publication that you like, most likely they're going to have a book review section. For sure. There's also genre-specific places like Smart Bitches, Trashy Books, Reviews Romance. We have friends over at Tor.com. They do speculative fiction. BestThrillers.com. Guess what they do? Thrillers. The the best of all the thrillers. Um, Shocker. There's pretty (laughs) many... Soccerreviews.com in the form of books. Uh, There's there's a book review site for basically any, any genre you're looking for. And there's also book review podcast. Uh, you might have noticed this is not a book review podcast. No, specifically when people were like, what kind of podcast do you want to do? We were like, we want to talk about books, but not reviews. Yeah. Which is never how you should define something, by the way, is like the things that you don't do. Yes. But that's what we did. Yeah. Whenever anyone asks me about this show, I'm always like, we talk about reading, but not books. And they're very confused. <laughs> Uh, but there are a lot of fantastic ones. Uh, our friends over at Professional Book Nerds uh, pre- periodically talk about books and review them. Uh, Get Booked and all the books over at Book Riot we love. Uh, what Should I Read Next? The New York Times Book Review Podcast. Bangin' Book Club, which does sex books. Amazing. Wicked. Good, I just Good name. Right? Yeah. So good. Uh, the Paris Review Podcast. There's so many of them. Um, besides uh, looking for a book review for a specific book, if you want to regularly listen to book reviews, the best way is to find a reviewer whose taste is like this is similar to yours. Yes, you can try a bunch of review websites, pay attention to author the author of the review, and then go follow that person. Um, you could also try a bunch of podcasts and see which hosts you like. I know, like for example, you and I both listen to. All the books. Yeah. Cause, and they only do, like, positive reviews on that show. Yes, which is what, uh, as <laughs> very controversially, you and I... We also... Uh, but that's, like, they just go, like, this is what's coming out, and this is why, like, they are, they don't say, this is coming out, don't read it. But I know you and I both relate to certain uh, uh, hosts on that show who, yeah. I feel like, read things that we both are into. Yeah, Liberty and I have very similar tastes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can always find books by, like, 
if you follow that person, you know, maybe even maybe even uh, a Mallory or a Bria who like talk about books that they like. That I wouldn't call us book reviewers, but we do suggest books on the show. Yeah, if you follow, I post everything that I am reading on Instagram, no matter what. Uh, but I, if I like a book, I'm probably going to talk about it on Twitter. Um, it was my New Year's resolution to post on Instagram all the books I'm reading. And what is it? June. He's already fallen by the wayside. Didn't, didn't okay. do so well with that. But I have been keeping up with it in a journal. That's that's what matters. Yes. So, Bria, do you read book reviews? You know what? It's funny because we're doing this epi- this episode, and I was like, do I read book reviews? And I don't really. I do. There's a couple places I like. I look. Um, io9 does recommendations. And but the Book Riot newsletter for sci-fi, which is called, like, Spaceship and... S- um, Swords and Spaceships or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's also a podcast specifically for sci-fi books called Sword and Laser. Yes. Which I am a fan of. And they actually review... They read a book, like, a book club style, and then they'll sort of review it, what they liked and didn't like on the way. Yeah, they're a very... They're on the other end where there's, like, Tom uh, Tom and Veronica, who are amazing and wonderful. And we're planning a crossover show with... Spoiler! Hey. But if you want to do a... If you're, like, looking to do a super deep dive into a book, they're the people to to follow. Yeah, they read... Um uh, unkindness of ghosts at the same time I was reading it and so it was really exciting and I try to go I look at what they're reading and like I've usually read it or uh, I can or I'm going to read it so it's like a fun podcast to listen to because they like they're like oh we've read these chapters and like they talk about it and they talk about stuff they like and don't like and uh, they are also they, it was kind of funny because we were going to do a crossover show for this June and they're what they do is they let their listeners choose, and they voted for Cersei by know, Madeline Miller. Which we were doing it already. So for we're our like, own thing. so we're like, oh no, we'll have to do it another time. But if you, Cersei's a hot book, so Cersei's hot, a really hot off the shelf hot book right now. But if you watched our live stream and you want to get more, like get more book talk about Cersei, go over for yeah. sword, to Sword and Laser for June and watch Tom and Veronica talk about it. Yeah. Um. I so what I did when I was like thinking about this is I looked up. Sort of. I was looking up articles for high school students explaining the difference between a book report and a book review. And I think I like book reports. I want to know what the book is about, which is what a book report is. So there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of websites where it was like like explaining the difference because high school students are writing book reports and book reviews. And like if you have to do a book review, you have to have an opinion. Whereas a book report is like this is what the book is about, which I feel like in high school, that was all I was allowed to write. Yeah. I don't feel like I wrote book reviews in high school. But you should. Yeah. You should be allowed to be like, I hated where the red fern grows. Too much dog death. I was just going to say, <laughs> made me cry too hard. <laughs> I hated Old Yeller. Um, I didn't hate Old Yeller. Yeller. Don't forget Matt, guys. Um, but I wonder if I just like to read book reports. This is yeah. kind of what I like came down to. But I do think there's something to be said for someone who spends their life reading and having opinions about books. And it is like... No opinion is going to be uh, objective, but I do like the idea of someone who is, like, trained to do this and can, like, you know, somewhat objectively recognize whether or not something is poorly written or well-written, sort of. Yeah. So I don't—I do appreciate a book review. I just don't often read them, I think, is what it is. What, what about you? Uh, I, I've said on the show before, I don't really read book reviews. I don't 
really review books either. I'm sort of, I'm, we've talked about this before. People get very upset about it, but I don't really, if I don't like a book, I don't really like to talk about it online. Uh, I always rate the books I like on Goodreads and Amazon since those algorithms are really important for authors. Uh, but I like to go into my, my, my whole thing is I kind of do it the other way around. I like to go into my reading experience with as little information as possible because I'm Mallory and I hate spoilers. So I don't normally seek out reviews and then like, so I can read the review and then get the book afterwards. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to do it the other way around. I norm I seek out, uh, book reviews that are more book report like book the kind reports. on all the books like my favorite all the books is my favorite book podcast and that they're like this is this book it's about this it's great that's all I want like yeah. so I prefer more like stuff more like litzy where you can just like scroll through what people are reading and see if something got a thumbs up and if it looks cool I'll add it to my list if I read a review it's usually after I've read it especially if it's like a really surreal mm -hmm, weird book mm -hmm. that I really like because I want to get someone else's take and that and like that way, I really like reading really well-written, thought-out reviews, like the ones over at Tor.com, of, like, people talking about the themes of it and, like, you know, what things, what certain things could mean, what certain things signify. Oh, you know what? I do that, too. Like, so I know, like, for, like, Annihilation, yeah. you know, like, stuff like that where I'm like, what is the ending of this book? Like, I will go and be like, Annihilation, ending, explain. Like, and people have written good reviews and have thought. And that's the, the what I'm talking about where I feel like there are people who have trained <laughs> trained to do this. They are, they've, they've done this. They've learned how to do, how, to, how they learned literature, you know, and that, <laughs> there's not a better way to put that. Um, but they've learned, like, how to decipher literature in a way that, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily know how. Now, I don't totally believe that, I think art should be for all people and I you know I don't think there should be like elite people who understand things and other people who have to get everything explained to but I do like that if someone has the background to understand things that I don't understand they're going to be able to explain it a lot better than I'm going to be able to immediately understand that. Well that's kind of cool about some of the alternate places to find book reviews because historically and a lot of people have rightly complained about this that a lot of the books reviewed in like the New York Times are mostly by white male authors a lot of the book reviewers over there are white so people are complaining that like and rightfully so that they're like well but like, you don't have the experience to like to to understand maybe what this book is about well but also like that's the only books that are getting featured uh, yeah sure sure sure, sure so sure. it's kind of cool to go find uh, alternate places to go find book reviews where all like other people are getting are giving their opinions on a book like we were we talked about during our live stream you know the woman who Emily Wilson, the lady who just translated the Odyssey would like, she's the first woman to ever translate it. And she like, her, and obviously translating a book is very different than reviewing it. But like the, she was reading some situations differently just by the fact that she's a woman versus a guy. So this has cool, been cool, kind of cool to see the the rise of different book review publications where the, the reviewers are more diverse, the the book choices are more diverse and so you're getting a better selection you're getting different opinions like rather just than just like the same old stuff that's been reviewed in the new york times forever yeah i would love to hear from our listeners what um what reviewers they follow that yeah. would be really interesting to me because i feel like we have like the coolest listeners who like already like are like they're are they're like you know super woke and super cool and like they will be able to like say like oh these people have cool opinions and like are seeking out you know like diverse authors not your traditional white male author who you're going to see in the New York Times. Yeah, and I mean, that said, like, they're, like, all, a lot of publications are getting better. I think it's, I forget who, I know Norkay Jemison was a book reviewer for the New York Times for a while. Um, so it's get, it's getting better out there, but if you guys have book reviewers that you love, please e email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com and tell us 
but uh, yeah, like as a reader, I think the best way to do it is just pay attention to if you're reading a book review, if you just finished a weird book and you like ending explained, you know, pay attention to who's writing it and follow what they follow the other things that they write online. You can you can a find some really cool books that way if you are not like me and Bria and like like reading a review and then uh, reading the book. Uh, but you can also just like support really great reviewers. Mm hmm. And find some cool, the the glory, the most glorious thing on the internet. Find someone's opinion that you actually want. <laughs> crazy. It's so rare. So crazy. So you can send your thoughts on book reviews to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk to book reviewer Alex Brown, we're going to take a quick break. Fairhaven's a hip town. Craft breweries, killer music scene. There's only one catch. The bloodthirsty monsters. Feel free to hit the deck while we lay down some suppressing fire. You're gonna kill them? Nah, these are shock rounds, so it should just knock them out. We use these on the kids after they've had too much sugar cereal. Hun, stop, we do not. He's such a jokester, this one. Anyway, hit the deck, please. Ah! Yeah! 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 Get some! Take it! Get some! Yeah! (laughs) Oh, good job, hun. That was great. Oh, you're the best. Bubble. The sci-fi comedy from MaximumFun.org. Just open your podcast app and search for Bubble. So here we are with Librarian writer and reviewer Alex Brown. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Alex, what are you reading right now? Oh God, so many things. <laughs> um, I am currently in the middle of, um, let's see, what am I in the middle of? I'm in the middle of Witchmark by C.L. Polk, um, which is coming out, I think at the end of this month. Um, Bruja Born, I'm almost done with. I'm writing a review on that um, by Zoraida Cordova, which is amazing. And I'm reading uh, Red Threads of Fortune by um, Jiwa Yang. Um, I also just started Unbinding of Mary Reed, uh, Trail of Lightning, and Rough Paradise by Alec Butler, which is also really good. Well, did you just name like eight books? Yeah, I read a lot. <laughs> <laughs> How do you prioritize all of those books? That's so many. Um, honestly, it's, uh, well, these are all, a lot of these are all books that I'm reviewing either for tour or for my, for my blog. So I tend to prioritize both in terms of length, like some of these are novellas, so I can crank those out in a a couple of hours. Um, And then I also prioritize in terms of what's being published soonest. Like I'm actually really behind on Bruja Born because it came out today and my review is not going to come out till next week. So yeah. Got it. Okay. So you write reviews on your blog and you also write for Tor.com, a place that we love. Uh, So how did you get into reviewing? It's kind of a silly story. Um, so, God, uh, I can't even remember how many years ago it's been. Um, it was early on in Tours Day. It must have been like it's maybe second year or something. And Neil Gaiman, who I was following on Twitter at the time, still do, um, mentioned that they were doing, somebody was doing a Sandman reread. So I jumped on the tour and followed along, and the Sandman reread like fell apart and didn't, nothing happened with it. But somebody else was writing about, about Doctor Who. So I sort of took over the comments section and just was engaged in these long, intense 
discussions on um, episodes of Doctor Who. And um, one of the editors there sent me an email. She's like, hey, you seem to like talking a lot and writing a lot. Would you like to get paid to? And I said, sure. So, yeah, that's how I, I, I took over the Doctor Who comments. And they decided they liked my comments enough to pay me. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so do you have any publications or reviewers that you personally follow? I'm so bad about this. This is going to sound really terrible, but I don't actually. Like, not personal people. Um, I tend to find reviews for, from, you know, authors who retweet good reviews that they like uh, or interesting reviews that they like or reviews that, you know, that make them think. And so I, I'll read a lot of those. Um, and of course I follow my reviewers from tour.com. I like to read a lot of stuff that we write. Um, but because I'm a librarian, most of the reviews that I read regularly come out of li uh, school library journal and publishers weekly and Kirkus because I have to read those for the job stuff. But Got it. Got it. So when you're reading a book, what makes you like, what about the book itself makes you want to talk about it and review it? It's I don't know how to say this without say, sounding kind of cheesy, but I guess I just, I have to want to read the book. I mean, I, life is too short to read stuff or watch stuff that you don't want to watch. I mean, there's a reason that I don't watch Westworld or Game of Thrones anymore. It's too depressing for me. I want to have some fun in my life. <laughs> I don't need that. So um, what makes me want to review a book basically is the appeal. I want to read something that sounds interesting to me. Um, I want to read something that um, has something to say, even if it's something silly, but has something to say. Um, I especially want to read stuff, um, particularly fantasy, particularly YA, that's written by, um, by and about marginalized communities. I'm always really interested in that. Um, and I'm lucky that I get to choose what books I want to review, both for tour and for my own blog. So um, I kind of have pick of the field in a way. I don't have to worry about getting assigned something that I don't want to read. Um, so yeah, so what makes me want to review a book is just, it's got to be interesting. How, how often is it that you're starting to read a book and you're like, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna review this? Oh, not review it. Um, well, I mean, I've, I've not finished books on occasion. I hate doing that. But as far as review books, I think I've only turned down review, like I've started a book, um, and then had to turn down the review only twice in my life. Um, once was because I just could not figure out how to write a review. Like I read the, the book, um, but I couldn't figure out how to write a review that was not just, this is the worst thing I've ever read <laughs> and just destroying it, uh, you know, in a review. And so I emailed my editor and we decided not to to write that review because there was literally just no way to write it wow. without being mean. Um, and then the other was uh, a book where I um, found out some things about the author and just decided that I couldn't cover that book. So I emailed my editor and they were like, that's great. That's fine. Whatever. Um, and I was able to drop that and give it to somebody else. So do you have any rules for reviewing? You're like, I won't review any books where the dog dies or like, <laughs> like anything specific that you just like have a hard line in the sand about. Kind of. Yeah. Um, I, well, there's genres that I don't especially like, um, and not for anything, not that there's anything wrong with those genres. They just bore the pants out of me, uh, off of me, like military fic 
I find really boring. And this is going to sound really bad for somebody who writes for Tor.com, but hard science fiction is such a snooze fest for me. Um, stuff set in space, unless it's Star Wars, I'm generally not that interested in it. Hey, I'm um, Matt Mallory Grace. <laughs> I yeah. find it very boring. Yes. Um, that being said, I'm always willing to try something if it's by or about um, a marginalized community. Um, like Murderbot, the Murderbot series is actually super fun. And it's like hard science fiction. It's, you know, uh, I don't know what she is. She's an android or something, a cybernetic human robot thing. And it's in space and it's a whole, but it's really good. I actually really like it. <laughs> um, so I guess that's my, my biggest rule is really that um, I... I will always pick the books or if I'm given a huge list of books, I will always pick first books by and about marginalized groups, particularly queer women of color or women of color or queer women. Um, mostly because I am a queer woman of color. So <laughs> um, I figured that it's part of my, I have a platform and I consider it part of my responsibility as a queer woman of color with a platform to lift my people up. So that, that would be my biggest rule is that if I have the choice between a cishet white dude and, you know, a trans black woman, I will pick her book over anything else. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So speaking of, have you, have you reviewed any books recently that you were just like love and you want to talk about? Yes, speaking of queer black women, um, although that's, I guess, a mild spoiler, um, I really, really, really loved Dread Nation. I think that's a strong contender for one of my favorite favorite books of this year, really. Um, Mine, too. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you said that. I loved it. <laughs> oh, man, Justina Ireland just, like, killed me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm still thinking about it, and it's been, like, two months. Um, so yeah, definitely one of my favorite books. Um, I, over on my blog, I, re um, recently, finally, I've been wanting to read it for a while now, um, read Sarah Gailey's River of Teeth, which is super good as well. It's like this great alt history, Western, queer, like, there's hippos in it, and it's, <laughs> it's really, really weird, and really intense, and so good. Awesome. So tell us about your reading life. Do you have any like weird reading quirks that you want to share with us? I was an only child of a single parent in a neighborhood that they, where there was like no other children. So I, I guess my biggest quirk is that I can read anywhere, anytime, anything. You just put, give me a corner where I can go to and I will bust out a book and be there for hours. <laughs> um, uh, I also really don't like ebooks. I cannot for the life of me, read on an ebook. It drives me bananas trying to read on my phone or on a tablet. I just, ugh, I can't do it. Um, you and Mallory are like the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, do, I don't know about you. I just, I can't feel the book if it's not in print, I guess. I mean, like feel sort of emotionally, you know? Yeah, I hear. I, I, I get nervous because I have this like moment. I'm like, what if it dies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. Too, I'm too anxious for ebooks. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I know it drives my editors crazy. I'm one of the few reviewers who like still demands getting print books, and everybody else is on ebooks. And I'm like, ah. But yeah. Um. So, do you have any books um that you like to gift to people? 
So this is where I, as the librarian, get really fussy because I can't just give like any old book to any to everybody. Like there's so many, everybody has their own weird quirks. Um, and I'm also kind of creepily good at doing personalized recommendations for things. So I, rather than giving one book to somebody, I always try to give a tailored book to that person. Like I love giving books, but it's got to be the right book for the right person, you know? So you're the best is what you're saying. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn or anything. But yes, if you asked my uh, students or my coworkers, I, so I work at a high school library and I'm known as the book doctor there. And I am, I, I, I have a 99% rating <laughs> in terms of recommendations. It's my secret skill. Um, if you had a, a TV show called The Book Doctor where you recommended books to people, I would definitely watch that. <laughs> awesome. Yes. I'm The Book Doctor and I have the cure for all of your reading ills. That is my tagline. Get out of that. <laughs> um, um, we have a, our podcast, We Love Libraries, and our listeners love librarians. Is there anything, I don't know, that you want to share like that people may not know about libraries or that like just a little insight that people might want to know about, I don't know, being a librarian? Being a librarian is possibly one of the most challenging jobs I've ever had. And I've had a lot of jobs in my day. Um, it's so much just public service. And, you know, here's how to use the computer. And there's where the bathrooms are. And please don't run in the library. Um, but, there, you know, we're just such a great community service. I mean, even though I work in a high school, I've worked in public libraries before. I've worked in special libraries before. We are, libraries are really the only place in this country where your First Amendment rights are guaranteed, where it's free to use. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to have a membership. I mean, you just have to, in the state of California, even, you can have a library card to any library in the state. Doesn't even matter if you don't, if you live in that county or not. I mean, it's, libraries are, they're everything. They're the community space. They're the com the computers. They're senior centers. They're kids centers. They're they're just everything. I I love that as a librarian, I can jump from job to job to job and do entirely different things. And I love getting to work with the public in that way. I mean, they're just they're tremendous spaces. I have I grew up in libraries. I could not imagine doing anything else. So yes, go see your librarians. We love talking to you about books. We love helping you find books. And if we don't have it, we can find it for you. For all you know, there's a book doctor at your local library and they can help you. <laughs> yes, they're dying to help people find things. And not just books. A lot of libraries have like museum passes. Um, a lot of libraries now have like Photoshop and stuff on their computers that you can just use. You know, there's so much great stuff at libraries that people don't even, they just think, you know, oh, I don't want to check out a book, so I'm not going to go. There's events that take place. There's author reading. There's all kinds of stuff going on at libraries. Hell yeah. Awesome. Hell yeah. So Alex, if we want to follow your reviews and read more of your writing, where can we find you online? I am all over the place. I spend probably too much time online. Um, I am on Twitter at Queen of Rats. I am on um, Instagram at Book Jockey Alex. That is also my blog, bookjockeyalex.wordpress.com, as in punk ass book jockeys. Yay, Parks and Rec. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have a very boring Tumblr where I mostly just reblog stuff, but I am passion at, uh, passion is a plagiarism. Yay for Dresden dolls. Um, <laughs> and 
Uh, Tor.com, of course, Alex Brown. Sweet. Awesome, Alex. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Bess writes in, This summer I'm taking the bar exam to become a licensed attorney. I know I'm going to need some form of stress relief. My plan so far is to stack my TBR with light and grossing YA reads like Jay Jones, Rainbow Rowell, and, but recommendations are welcome. What do you all think? My top priority is to pass the bar exam, but I don't want to feel totally stressed and miserable for two months. <laughs> Bria, what should Bess do? It's good to prioritize passing the bar exam. <laughs> I just want to say we have, like, the smartest listeners. Right. Like, you're going to fucking law school. Wow. Like, can I get your DNA for my future child? That sounds amazing. <laughs> um, I love the idea of YA for this. I think this is really smart. Especially books you can sort of, like, fly through. And um, you can fly through, and then you're done with them, and you're like, check, done with that. Now it's time to go back and study so I can be a fantastic lawyer. I'm going to suggest uh, some of Tor.com's no- Tor's novellas. That's like that's always my go-to suggestion. Like, I feel like Tor.com should be paying us <laughs> the amount of times that we talk about how many people should read their novellas. But it's true. It is true. They're short. You get through them, like the Binti series. That's a great one, and like you can just you can fly through that shit, and then you can feel like you've done some fun reading. It's light. It gets your head out of like reading all the the law books that you're reading, the law, all the stuff about the law, law that you're reading, the constitution. Um. Anyway, so, so tour.com, I think all the novellas would be great. They're all available for download Um. from my library. A lot of them are. So I think that's awesome, a good way to do it. Or you can just go get them online or order them. They also have, they are in physical book copy too. But I think Bess is going in the right direction with the YA. What do you think? Uh, first off, good luck, Bess, uh, with with your bar exam. We are sending you all the good luck from Reading Glasses. Uh, and so in addition to your YA reads, I also suggest graphic novels. You can get through a trade in one sitting, so you feel like you're getting reading done without the bigger time commitment of a novel. I feel like that, like, if you don't have a lot of time to read, you could, that's like that um, like despair part kind of makes you not want to read because if you have a really long book and you only have time to read like two pages a day you're like oh i'm never gonna that like oh i'm never gonna get through it feeling makes you not want to read at all so the nice thing about comics is that you like you're looking at like pictures so it's kind of like your brain is doing something a little bit different oh yeah well that's the thing is like i think all that gorgeous art will give bess's eyes a break from all like just the boring law things that she's studying it might like literally will just like make your brain feel a little bit refreshed um and if you you know you like YA, check out some YA middle grade gra- uh, graphic novels to keep the fun light atmosphere going. There's tons of graphic novel novels available from the library, and so you don't have to like you know you don't have to be reading about superheroes or horror or anything. You can keep that same fun light atmosphere. Like you can read uh, Nimona by Noelle Stevenson. You can read Lumberjanes, which is mm-hmm. super fun. You can read Squirrel Girl. Like there's all kinds of really fun um, younger audience graphic novels. My suggestion is um, Saga, which is not younger audience. There's sex and stuff in it. Not that younger people can't read about sex. You can read about anything you want. Um, but uh, oh, Saga is so good. Yeah, uh, but I think Saga is really good. And I read it when I was doing something. It was like really like time intensive, like brain stuff. And I felt like it was a really good escape from that because it's kind of light, but it's not. Uh, it's like creative, you know. Like it's like has these really creative characters. So it was like my brain got to really like leave everything, but I was never like swapping it with. You know, that's the. I guess that's the fear of like you're going to law school and you accidentally start writing about the lumberjanes in your law school. <laughs> journal but i don't know anything about law school then you have to keep a law school journal right I, <laughs> and then you turn it in at the end and that's how you become a lawyer you're, you're judged on your journaling skills 
So if you want us to solve your reader problems, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to da- thank Danielle, who runs our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. And remember, if you want to show Reading Glasses some love, you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. The link is always in the show notes. You can show off your love of reading and help support us. Uh, reading Glasses is pleased to offer interactive transcripts of the show through Greta. Go to G-R-E-T-T-A dot com slash reading underscore glasses to read and turn your favorite Reading Glasses moments into clips that you can share out on social media. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast, on Litzy at readingglasses, even though we haven't really been updating that. That's my fault. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thank Thanks for listening and, and thanks, thanks for reading. reading. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.